thanks for checking out this message from Springmount Church. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, springmount.church. Why not check out all the different groups that run throughout each week in Barrow and on Walney? And join us every Sunday from 11am at Salt House Pavilion in Barrow Infernos. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. Okay, is that better? Now I've got to hold this. Am I alright stood here? Is that okay? <laughs> Further back? Okay. Alright, well. Excellent. Good morning. One thing I did forget to say, because we do forget, don't we? We often forget. I forget things all the time. And uh, I was supposed to say as well that one of the things we're trying to be is just considerate. At the moment, with the, the COVID cases still on the rise, uh, we just want to be considerate to those who are vulnerable in our church community. It's important that we love uh, one another. So whatever your view is or whatever your stance is on anything, we are trying to encourage people to be careful and to just make sure we are distanced. If you're prepared, if you're happy to wear a mask at times when you're moving around, please do. But We'll keep reviewing things as it goes, but in Barrow, the cases have gone up again. So uh, we want to just be careful. So those of us who are leaders and those on the door will be greeting you at the moment in, in a mass, just so that those who are vulnerable don't feel that they can't come to church, okay? Because we've got to be careful. We've got to protect and love one another. Okay. Brill. So... Uh, we've been doing a series, I'm going to stop moving because I get told off. We've been doing a series on the names of God, aka God, also known as God, because God isn't just called God in the Bible, he has names that represent his character. So we've already done two of them, so in, in Jeff Chad style, who can tell me the two we've already done? Don't all shout out at once. You've got to shout... Very good. Jehovah Jireh, what does that mean? The Lord that provides our Elohim was last week, which means the creator God. Excellent. Well done. So if you've, if you've learned something already, if you weren't here last week, so we can stop now, can't we? Today, today we're going to look at Al Shaddai, which was a song title of, of one of Rosie's favourite artists when she was younger. Probably still is, in fairness. Um, Although she, as, as those of you who've been coming to Spin Mount for a while know, Ros likes four minutes of silence in the car rather than a song. Uh, she prefers it. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Although now we've got a foster child, she has all sorts of music on. I'm a bit disappointed, really. For our own children, you know, it was quiet, but he's got doo, 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 Bobby Joe Stripe music going on. Yeah. <laughs> And El Shaddai, it's a hard one in some ways to prepare, and it's quite simple, because the meaning is, is one that you'll, you'll already have heard, and you read it all the time. But last week, we talked about the Creator, and in the first chapter and a bit of Genesis, we, it's mentioned God as Creator about 35 times. That's his name. It's putting his stamp on it right at the beginning. It's saying, this is who I am, and this is what I do. And we said last week that he doesn't just create at the beginning and leave it all. He creates at the beginning, and then at the end, he creates a new. And then in the middle, right now, right today, right whenever, he can create new life in us. So actually, he is constantly the Creator. Well, that was the stamp at the beginning. And then we see a new name. One of the best family films of all time, I believe, is The Princess Bride. 
Put your hand up if you've never seen The Princess Bride. Look at you. You're missing out, okay? The Princess Bride, if you ever start watching it with a group of teenagers or sort of young lads, they'll go, what am I watching? <sighs> but it's a really funny uh, comic fairy tale. You'll know some of the lines from it, I'm sure. But it's a, it's a story of what starts off as a farmhand and a princess. And the princess is called Princess Buttercup. If you've not watched it, it's about 30 years old, so it, I don't think it's dated that much because it goes back into this sort of fairy tale realm. And if you've never watched it, watch it and tell me what you think. I'll, I'll be ready for abusive emails saying this was rubbish, okay. I think it's great. It's a brilliant film, very funny. Um, and people like Mel Smith out of Smith & Jones are in it, people like that. So there's, there's a cast of very famous people in there. Uh, I think Mel Brooks is in there as well. I think there's a, there's a load of famous people. But I believe it's one of the best family films because it's got an adventure. It's got a bit of humour. It's got a love story. But there's one phrase that is repeated over and over and over in the film. Those of you who have seen it, what's the phrase that's repeated over and over in the film? Not the one about, I am Pablo Montoya, uh, you killed my father, prepare to die. It's not that one. But he says, as you wish. Yeah? The farm boy will do anything that the bossy princess tells him to do. The bossy princess goes, do this, and he says, as you wish. As you wish. Constantly doing what the bossy princess wants. And actually, as you go through the film, you realise that what actually that means is, I love you. I love you. I'll do what you want. As you wish. I'm not going to give any spoilers because actually... It's quite a key thing. But as you wish is a key phrase. It means I love you. And even at the end of the story, the granddad is reading the story to his ill son to pass the time. And his ill, sorry, ill grandson. And his ill grandson just wants to play on computer games. But this granddad's like, no, you need to hear this story. And at the end of the story, the little boy goes, oh, will you come back and read it to me again tomorrow? And the final words are, as you wish. Because it says I love you. It says, I love you. When we do the things that those that we love want, it says, I love you. In fact, actually, it got me thinking, is that not what our response to God should be? As you wish. In fact, actually, one of the famous prayers of the Bible says, your will be done. What does that mean? As you wish. As you wish. So without even going into our passage this morning, you can go away and every time you watch Princess Bride or think of the Princess Bride or the phrase, as you wish, you can know that it reminds you that God loves you and his will is the will to be done as he wishes, as he wants. Our response to God should be that, not because he's a bossy, narcissistic person like Princess Buttercup in the story. She does soften and become better, okay? But actually because God is almighty God. And because God himself is love. God is love. How often is our response to God, as you wish? Or is it usually, God, will you do what I wish? Will you do what I want? Because that's, what the, that's the sort of God I want, one that I can boss around. Maybe we are more Princess Buttercup than Wesley the farm boy. Anyway, today's AKA God is El Shaddai. Al Shaddai, last week we saw Elohim, and now he introduces himself in chapter 17 of Genesis to Abraham, the forefather of faith. He introduces himself by this new name, and he says, I am Al Shaddai, 
El Shaddai. Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 to 4. Let's stop talking about Barry Norman's films reviews, and let's get into the Bible. Genesis 17, verses 1 to 4 says this. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me faithfully and be blameless. Then I will make a covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down and God said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. So El Shaddai comes before a promise. It comes before a covenant, before a contract, before an agreement. God says, I am almighty God. I am almighty. What does it mean? What does El Shaddai mean? Almighty is one translation, but actually, mighty sustainer is another translation. El, when we see El, that tends to mean mighty, like Elohim, mighty creator, strong. Shaddai can mean overcomer, conqueror, the one that wins, the one that is victorious. Or the root shad in Hebrew literally means at a mother's breast. Okay? Now I'm going to get that one out of the way to save people embarrassment. Let's deal with that one first. That talks about feeding at a mother's breast. What does that do? It sustains an infant, it sustains a child. It's feeding, it's nurturing, it's being enough. And you can tie that in with many idols and statues around the world. In, in Artemis, the, the goddess of, of craftsmanship, I think it was, in ancient Greece, Artemis as a statue has dozens of, of breasts to say, I'm a sustainer. Actually, the oldest known statue that has been found that people worshipped had the symbol of a breast on it because it was known as the sustainer. But here, God says to Abraham, I'm the sustainer. I am the Shaddai, El Shaddai. I am the powerful sustainer. I am the one that will nurture you. I am the one that will feed you. I am the one that will prepare you. God is saying to Abraham at the very start of his introduction to people, I am the true sustainer. I am the one who will do it for you. Yeah? That's really interesting, I think. And Abraham here is also given this new name, part of God, part of God's character, and it's connected to the promise. Abraham, at this point, is being told he's got to have children. Who, at this moment in time, in this room, would like to have children if they can't? Nobody. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Anyone want, to have, anyone want to have more children? Jackie and Eric? No? No? No. Okay. Maybe not. Alan and Hilly, you've not got their hands up? No. Steve? Okay. Yeah? You'd like to have some more children? Yeah? Okay. Abraham here is 99. Okay? Just bear that in mind at the moment. 99. And actually, he hasn't had any children. And in his culture, there was a lot of shame attached to that. If you couldn't provide an offspring for your parents to have grandchildren, then you were seen as not good enough. You were seen as less than. You were seen as a bit shameful. And actually, that wasn't a good thing. So actually, Abraham is in this moment of his age where actually, he's effectively, his body is almost dead, if you like, in terms of having children. And God says to him, I'm El Shaddai. I am the one who will sustain children. And there is a promise attached to it. There is a promise attached to it. A strength. God says, 
I am the Almighty One. What does it mean? I can overcome. What is God saying to Abraham? He's saying, just because you've not had children, I can overcome that issue. Even when it looks impossible, I can overcome the issue. Yeah? I don't know what your situation is right now. I know there are people in this room who've, who've gone through addiction, who are still in addiction. I know there are people in this room maybe who have wanted children but can't. I know there are people in this room who perhaps feel their health has got a, a problem. But God says his first introduction to God, to man, is I'm the overcomer. I am the one who overcomes. I am the one who is strong enough. I am the one who can nurture. I can overcome your impossible shame. As I say, Abraham and Sarah's bodies are as good as dead, <laughs> biologically. Yet God says, just watch. I am the one who can overcome that issue. And my promise is that I will. It doesn't stop El Shaddai. What is Abraham's response to God? What is your response to God today? You know, Donna said, we don't need to look at the floor when we're looking at, we need to look heavenwards. Peter looked at the waves instead of the one above the waves. Abraham's response is to get on his face in the floor because he doesn't feel that he's enough. But actually, it's reverence. When did we genuinely last get down on our knees before God? When did we genuinely say, you are greater and I need to be less? Not in a way of, I'm not good enough, but just to say, God, I can't do it without you. You are the overcomer. You are the mighty one. You are the El Shaddai. You know, if you were to meet an important dignitary, there are rules, aren't there? I don't think you have to do it, but as a man, you have to bow. Or as a lady, I think you, you do that, don't you? My knees won't let me get up. A curtsy. Why do, we, why do people do that? Well, it's saying, you're more important than me. I'm a little bit lower. And actually, God is greater, isn't he? So Abraham's response to God is to get down on the floor and say, God, I can't do this without you. I am not going to fulfill the promise that you've given me on my own. I need the overcomer. I need the almighty. So when people have fallen face down in the dust, then they are truly recognizing God as almighty. They are truly recognizing that there is none higher. And God introduces himself with this name seven times. He does it to Abraham, he does it to Isaac, he does it to Jacob and Joseph and Moses. And then at Moses' point, he says, actually, there's more. It's like Jimmy Cricket in that way. There's more. <laughs> Come here. <laughs> there's more. Because I'm not just the creator, I'm not just the almighty, I am Yahweh. I am. I was yesterday, I am today, and I will be tomorrow. The almighty God. I am also means God saves. So I, Yahweh Al Shaddai, we see that God is the overcomer, the sustainer, and he is the one who saves. All in this name, it's exciting. Because it's a simple message, but we need to hear it, and we need to go, actually, yeah, I can't do this on my own. I'm in an impossible situation. The only way I can get there is by God overcoming. Later, Sarah's response to God and Abraham's response to God when God tells him the promise again is to laugh. God says, you've got to have a child. <laughs> You're having a laugh, God. You're having a joke. I'm too old. I'm past it. There's not a chance. 
But God says, no, because I am almighty God. I am Al Shaddai. I am the one who sustains and I am the one who overcomes. So today in your situation, God's name is also El Shaddai. I am the one who overcomes, the one who is greater. Maybe Sarah and Abraham laughed because they become too familiar with the promise. Maybe they've started to take it for granted or maybe they've just gone, well, God said it, but not a chance. Have we ever done that? Have we ever had that for us? Where God has said something and we've just gone, I'm fed up of waiting now. It's not going to happen. El Shaddai. Maybe they've become too familiar with the promise. Or maybe they've become too worn down by the waiting. Today, are you bent over laughing at God's promises? Or are you bowed in reverence at the one who can overcome? The one who with, with, with him in our lives, we can overcome. Is our response to God this morning... As you wish. As you wish. Your will be done. So what is the expectation of God in this passage? The expectation of God in this passage is to walk faithfully. That's what God expects. This overcomer says, this is the promise I'm going to give you. This is what's going to be yours. This is yours to have. But I'd like you to be faithful. I'd like you to walk faithfully. Is that too much to ask? Is that too much to ask for somebody who will do everything for us, who will be there for us, who never once will leave us on our own? Be faithful. And is our response back as you wish? I love you. Your will be done. Your will be done. So the first mention of this name is to remind us that God Almighty is the promise keeper no matter what the situation. What's your situation? Only you know. But God is still the promise keeper. God is still the El Shaddai who can overcome. We've just got to sometimes respond with as you wish. And we've got to make ourselves a little lower and say, God, it's you, not me. The second mention of El Shaddai is in Genesis 28 verse 3. It says this, May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and increase your numbers until you become a community of peoples. And then there's a third mention, and both of them are linked to fruitfulness. The overcomer is the one who can make you fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful? Yeah. The first command of God in the Bible is to be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth. The promise to Abraham is to be fruitful. It's a promise. And then to Isaac, it's may God bless you and make you fruitful. You might think that sometimes life is really tough and that things aren't going your way. But God is the God of fruitfulness. And he says, I can overcome the barrenness. I can overcome the emptiness. I can overcome because I am El Shaddai, God Almighty. Almighty. We can trust God. Why? Because we see time and time again he is faithful. The fourth mention, and I'm going quite quickly through these mentions because there's a bit more. Like Jimmy Cricket, there's more. (laughs) I've not got left and right on my shoes, but anyway. Genesis 43 verse 14 says, And may God Almighty grant you mercy before the man, so that he will let your other brother and Benjamin come back with you. As for me, if I'm bereaved, I'm bereaved. This is uh, Jacob speaking when they want Benjamin to come back from Egypt. But is God Almighty, he is capable of all things, but he's linked to mercy. He is merciful. He is capable of all things, and yet actually he shows mercy. 
No matter what we've done, no matter who we are, no matter what our background, El Shaddai says, come to me. I can forgive. And he's the only one who can overcome. That's his name. His name is Overcomer. Three times this week, I've heard this phrase, that kindness can be seen as a weakness. And I know what they mean, that when you're kind and kind, people can take it for granted and trample on it and, and kick you in the face. But actually, it really isn't. Kindness is a strength because if we give when we're not expecting in return, that's a strength. It's hard and sometimes it's painful and sometimes it brings great sorrow and sometimes it brings frustration. Sometimes it might make us angry. But God has given his son freely. Are we going to say, as you wish to him? God loves, and he is the one who is the overcomer. The last introduction with this name, specifically introducing himself, is in Exodus chapter 6, verses 2 to 5, where God says to Moses, I am the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob as God Almighty, as El Shaddai. I appeared to them before as El Shaddai, the Almighty. But by my name, the Lord, I did not make myself fully known to them. I established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, where they resided as foreigners. Moreover, I have heard the groaning of the Israelites, whom the Egyptians are enslaving, and I have remembered my covenant. He now says there's more, and I don't forget my promises. I am the Almighty that they knew, but actually, I'm even more than that. You know, just think about it. If, if somebody said to you, I am almighty, I, I can do all things. If you come to me, I can do all things. That might be enough, but God is more than enough. He is more than almighty. He is more than Al Shaddai. Moses was told that the others hadn't had a full picture of God because it was kept simple. If this morning all we need to hear is that God is the overcomer, then let's hold on to that. If this morning all we need to hear is that God keeps his promises, then let's hold on to that. But there's more. There's more. In our book group recently, the book talked about a fly sitting on a cinema screen. And it said that fly can't see the whole picture. It can only see the tiny pixel it's sat on. And that is us. Whatever your situation this morning, you cannot see the whole picture. You're like a fly on a cinema screen. But God is the Almighty who sees it all. The Bible is clear. In fact, there's one book that mentions God as Almighty more than any other. Have you any idea what it might be? Have a guess. Nope, not the Psalms. Okay. Isaiah, not Isaiah. Okay, I've got to tell you, because otherwise it's going to be a long guessing game. The book of Job. The book of Job. What do you know about the book of Job? Job suffered. <laughs> he lost everything. Family, friends, wealth, possessions, health. He lost everything. And yet when you look in the book of Job, the almighty God is mentioned more than in any other book. Why? Because Job knew that God can overcome. That God can can break the cycle, that God can break the chains, 
that even in our circumstances, if they look bleak and bad, God is still El Shaddai. God is still the almighty God. It says this in Job 11, verses 7 to 9, it says this. Can you fathom the mysteries of God? Anyone here fathom the mysteries of God? Can you probe the limits of the Almighty? They are higher than the heavens above. What can you do? They are deeper than the depths below. What can you know? Their measure is longer than the earth and wider than the sea. In other words, you're never going to know the fullness of God because there's always going to be more to him. Don't put him in a box. Let him live in you. Don't put him in a box. Who can know? Just know this. He is the sustainer of life. He is the overcomer of issues. And even he can work in the impossible situations in life. Yeah? Because that's his name. El Shaddai. When I think about the word almighty, my thoughts stay a lot at the beginning part of it. Yes, he's mighty. He's strong. He's powerful. But let's think about the word all. All. What does all mean? It means completely. It means the whole thing. It means the total amount. God is mighty, but not just mighty. He's not like the world's strongest man who can pull a truck with his teeth or something like that. You know? He's not like Jean Valjean in Les Mis who can lift a truck and he's spotted. He's not just mighty, he is all mighty. He is completely mighty, in everything mighty, the whole amount mighty, more than there can be. Are you getting the idea? Do I need to go on? Adam's laughing at me because he knows I'm emphasizing my point now. So he's mighty all the time. He is mighty in all days. He's mighty in all hours, in all situations, completely without equal and without exception. Now, in some churches, you'd be going, woo, yeah. But I'm not asking you to do that. I don't want to force it, Okay. You know, Isabel has already been quietly going, yes, amen, amen, which is good. But come on, we're having this multicultural evening. Come on, let's start now. That'll be good. He is all, all, all. You know, that advert, was that song, is it? More, more, more. How do you like it? How do you like it? That singer's not quite as effective as Ramin when he sang his song. But he's not more, more, more. He's all, all, all. Everything, completely. And what is he everything at? Overcoming and keeping his promises, and being mighty. That's amazing. I want to finish this morning. Thanks, Marie. You're getting less English. That's good. I want to finish with a psalm. Psalm 91. I'm going to read one verse to begin with, and then actually we're going to read the whole psalm as a prayer at the end. But Psalm 91 verse 1 says this, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of of the Almighty. Rest in the shadow of the Almighty. Chloe's got sheep, and when it's been hot recently, one of them went a little bit strange. And it's been interesting to watch. I thought she died. Again, the second one, the first one had died, but she'd eaten something. But I thought the heat had got to her, and I discovered this sheep started to sit underneath the horse. The horse in the field, and the sheep would sit under it. Why? Because it was protected in the shadow of the horse from the heat, it was safe. And it was able to rest in the shadow of Billy the horse. We can rest in the shadow of El Shaddai, the almighty, all-conquering, sustainer God. But often we choose to move. 
and we choose to get away from that protection and we choose to move out of it. There was a book written by a lady called Elizabeth Elliot. Some of you will know it. She was the wife of a missionary who went to tribes over in Ecuador. And the book was called The Shadow of the Almighty. Worth a read if you've not read it. What does that say? Shadow of the all-conquering, shadow of the overcomer, shadow of the all-sufficient, refuge of the nurturer. Well, her husband, Jim, died. He went to tell the good news to a tribe of people who were very sort of closed and very against it, and he was killed along with four other people. And yet the book is called The Shadow of the Almighty. The world thought this was a tragedy, but he had a saying that he often used, and it was this. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. In other words, you're not daft if you give something away that you can't keep to get something you can never lose. That's the message version of the quote. When he and others died at the hands of the Orca tribe, the whole world thought it was a tragedy and a nightmare, but his wife knew the verses of Psalm 91. In the midst of tragedy, in the midst of death, in the midst of despair, Psalm 91 verse 1 Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. In the midst of tragedy, what gave her comfort? The fact that he had gained something he couldn't lose. And that was the sustainer, the Almighty God. The refuge of God Almighty. It isn't a refuge from suffering and death. It's not going to stop us having problems on this planet. But it is going to give us refuge from final and ultimate defeat it gives us the victory abraham isaac jacob and joseph all followed god almighty but they didn't know the whole story doesn't matter this morning that you don't know everything that's in the bible what matters is you know that god is almighty that he is all conquering that he is sustainer that he's the creator that he's the provider Today, we see a bigger picture of a God who saves. Yet Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and all of those responded with an, as you wish. Is that our response today? As you wish. Today, we see a bigger picture that God has the ultimate victory, that God is all things in every circumstance and every time. He's almighty in every difficulty. He is somewhere we can find sustenance in even with things effectively look over and finished. He's the overcomer. How encouraging is that? In Jim Elliot's death, more people were inspired and heard of the Almighty God than in the whole of his life. More people were able to get something that they couldn't lose. And that was the salvation of Jesus. That is the salvation, the forgiveness of the past. That is the wiping of the slate clean. That is the beginning of a new life. Why? Because his response to the Almighty was not to hold on to something that passes and fades. His response to the Almighty was, as you wish. As you wish. Do you know, God is a God who says and shows his love. Who says and shows his might, who says, I'm here, and I'm here for you. What's our response? 
as you wish or my will. Will we respond? Let's finish with this psalm as a prayer. I'm going to put the words on the screen, or Corey will. And I'd like us to replace some of the words. When it says you and your, we want to say I and me. Put ourselves in this prayer this morning. Maybe go away from today and read it for yourself and use it as your own prayer. Because we want to dwell in the shadow of Almighty, of El Shaddai. Psalm 91 says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save me from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover me with his feathers and under his wings I will find refuge. His faithfulness will be my shield and rampart. I will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, but it will not come near me. You will only observe, I will only observe with my eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If I say the Lord is my refuge and I make the most high my dwelling, no harm will overtake me, no disaster will come near my tent. For he will command his angels concerning me to guard me in all my ways. They will lift me up in their hands so that I will not strike my foot against a stone. I will tread on the lion and the cobra. I'll trample the great lion and the serpent because he loves me, says the Lord. I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Those verses are talking about Jesus, but I've got Jesus in me. And I can say that the victory is won. Is everything perfect? No. Am I perfect? No. Is my situation great all the time? No. But in Al Shaddai, I have an overcomer that ultimately lets me rest in the shadow of him. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your name. And I thank you this morning that we can think of you as almighty, as everything we need, as all-sufficient, as sustainer, and all of those things. Father God, this morning, I pray that your word will have power. Not my words, but your words. And Father God, I pray that people in this building today will go from here, be, be willing to say, as you wish, to you. Let us respond to your call to live for you, with you, and in you. So Father God, this morning, let us be your people. And let us be able to say, he is my almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen.